What up, y'all? This is Brittany. I'm Mandisa. And I'm Jamal. And we are your hosts of. We're your hosts of. And we're the host of. Living Millennial. Living Millennial. Living Millennial. A podcast where you'll be hearing three different perspectives and emerging stories from three different millennials on everyday life and trending topics. Hey y'all, welcome back and thank you for tuning in again. This is Brittany, aka Hey Queen. And I first want to apologize. Uh, Mandisa and Jamal will be missing from the show today. I know you all miss them. I miss them as well. But they are out living their real lives. Um, There's a lot going on in the entertainment industry. So they are staying busy, which is great for them. And uh I do want to introduce, though, two wonderful and amazing additions to the show today. I have, I'm keeping some good company. We have Mr. Timothy Jackson in the house, and we hey. also have, hey, hey, and we also have Lady A as well. How y'all doing tonight? Awesome. I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all look good. Hey. Mm-hmm. You do too. <laughs> black king, black queen. <laughs> um, and today we're actually going to talk uh, a bit about social justice and what that looks like uh, in our lives. Because uh, to tell the audience a little bit about how we met, um, April, I met you long time ago officially met you a long time ago. Mm. You were running a panel um, for the community, which was actually pretty freaking dope. And we were like, aching to get a little bit more uh and i'll have you tell a little bit about that to the audience in a little bit but uh mr jackson we met what a week ago about a week ago no less oh, than that yeah a couple of days ago that's true that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's man that's oh yeah it's only do. yeah that's mm-hmm. true it went by really fast but we had a three-day extensive training on uh basically being community mentors, which is definitely necessary in San Diego, um, particularly for our, our kids of color. Um, and Mr. Jackson could have taught the damn class. He knew. <laughs> He's already been doing this. And same thing with April, too, because <laughs> April had all the right answers. But April and Lady A, y'all, she giving y'all my real name. Oh, I'm so okay. sorry. That's April's fine. If if that's what you used to do your yeah, will, do your thing, boo. I didn't give you. The, I didn't give the whole government. You want that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> um, but I'll have you start first, Lady A. I have you start first. <laughs> and um, yeah, and just tell us a little bit about the work that you've been doing in that in that space. <laughs> what do I do? I am a True humanitarian. Um, I believe that I am here to serve people. And I believe that's what I put me on this earth for. Um, I run a nonprofit called Open Heart Leaders, which is a network and resource hub for underprivileged and urban communities. Um, And basically what we do is we funnel lost resources back into the community um, through developing programs, workshops, training, seminars, offering services that are not normally accessible to minority communities, such as like mediation, life coaching, as well as counseling. And so that's just a, you know, a chip off the block, but the block is pretty big Mm -hmm. Um, from there, as well as I open a platform through um, my media production brand, which I own. And that's um, my own radio show, myself, Crown Conversations, mm-hmm. uh, Real Topics from Elevated Mindsets, 
You know, my third business is a leadership and development consulting company called Professional Strategies, which I'm in partnership with um, my aunt, who is a government official. And what we do is we just kind of go into these corporate settings and teach them, um, train and develop them on things that they may not get from your average HR training. Mm. That's, yeah, that's hella necessary. Short, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but very necessary, though. Mm-hmm. Like, dead ass. So mm-hmm. that's much appreciated. Thank All right. You. Timothy Jackson, you're up. Yeah, my resume What's your deal? Ain't, ain't quite um, <laughs> as colorful as that. <laughs> as Lady A's. But, um, uh, man, so, I mean, I, I'm pretty much just independent in the bud. Like, I, I've been home from prison for um, 24 months. Mm. You know, this month, actually, on the 23rd, I would have been home for, like, two years. I was gone for eight years and eight months. Um. I have a, uh, I just have this, I have this reality now, my mindset, I'm kind of like starting to really identify my purpose and my place um, as an individual black man in San Diego County, Mm -hmm. um, coming from the gangbang lifestyle and kind of like tearing down everything that I was Mm. um, able to get my hands on is as a youth and, and a teen adolescence into my young adulthood and then going and sitting in that box for um, a little while kind of helped me to just identify um, that given the opportunity, my purpose out here um, should be more centered on building up um, anything I'm given the opportunity to. So now um, as an entrepreneur, I was able to start a business a year out, um, a cleaning company while I was in, I was able to get certified in every type of cleaning you can, you can imagine um, from floor uh, restoration all the way up to like hospital cleaning and That's so awesome. yeah now i have a um i have a platform for individuals coming out of um incarceration to step into and become employed um you know given the opportunity that's what they want to do mm-hmm. um but um also just being a, a available as a mentor um i've been given the opportunity to just take everything that i've been through and all of my life experience and that which is being fused with what I'm learning in, in school about sociology and actually mm-hmm. pour it back into um, a community of individuals who might not even make it to the, to, to the college level to learn about what it is that they're experiencing sociologically. So um, from mentorship to entrepreneurship to just surviving and transition, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's pretty much where I'm at. That's awesome. Yeah. That's dope. Welcome actually. back. Yeah, thank you. You're doing your thing. I'm doing my 24 best. 24 months out, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's been rough too, but you know, that's the thing about the rough stuff is it kind of yeah. like you have to go through it in order to grow. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, especially having to start back in the very area that, even though it's mm-hmm. different, there ain't no more black communities where I come from no more. I left eight mm-hmm. years ago. There was somewhat still, you know, a residue mm-hmm. of our communities, but eight months later, there's been so many operations that all of the people that yeah. you know yeah have our melanin have kind of been pushed out yeah and for those who are listening who don't really know like san diego has about 4.5 percent black folks <laughs> in san diego county so um when we talk about being sometimes i joke and say like oh we're deprived but when we talk about like celebrating you know black people in san diego is is coming from a different place than most <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because there's there's no way we should we should continue to ask like what are black people at? Because every time I come across somebody who's visiting or who's been here for, you know, two three years, 
that's the first question. Like, what are black people at? Mm-hmm. Where we at? You know, so. And me being a transplant myself, like, I've been asking that question for uh, really the imagine. longest. Yeah. Especially yeah, depending yeah. on where you come from. You come from Chicago? I come from Chicago. Yeah. So. Jeez. And even even in the suburbs, like, you, you know, going to Walmart is just, you know, heaven. <laughs> I'm just saying, for uh, me, for me, you know, you're just in a sea of, of chocolate. That's heaven right there. You know? <laughs> sea of chocolate? <laughs> sea of chocolate. I don't yes. even want to ask Milk you chocolate, what, that, what chocolate. you mean by that. Okay. I'm going to let that one ride. Like, I don't know what you you're mean so by that. you so silly. Everybody, everybody black in there, okay? That's what I mean by that. Okay. <laughs> but so I actually want to do something new and I want to do something fun because um, so social justice, um, restorative justice, any type of activism or giving when we talk about giving back, back to the community, um, you know, that typically is a pretty heavy conversation, um, especially when those of us who are in the work um, or even impacted by the work, you name it, um, it's definitely um, heavy for us, right? The, the struggle in itself. Um, and for me, I like to balance, you know, something heavy with humor. So I'm gonna lighten the mood up before we get too deep in it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start playing a game. We're going to play. Would you rather you guys ever played that before? Uh -uh. (laughs) You ever played that before? No, no. You like games where they don't land us. Cause Hmm? When you get to playing games, where they gonna land us? You so silly. <laughs> oh my! I'll be good today. I'll be good. Don't worry. Don't worry. So, um, the rules to this: you can't change anything. Anything that I ask you, you cannot change it, and you can't change anything about yourself within your answer, any of that stuff, right? Um, and but you are allowed to ask questions. Those are the two rules. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So the first one. I'll start with you, Lady A. The first one. Would you rather be without elbows or without knees? Elbows. Okay, why? Explain your answer. Because I need my knees to walk. I mean, not necessarily hands. You don't... Arms and limbs, you know, you can do other things. Not saying you can't do other things without legs, but Uh I'd rather have the ability to walk and run. Then mm. utilize my arms and hands. Yeah, arms and hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the people that can like brush their teeth with their toes and stuff? Like you'll you'll figure that out. That's what you do. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. You just said <laughs> elbows. That did not mean my hands are gone. It oh. just means no ability. <laughs> okay, you, to, I'm with it. To flex or or do that. So yeah, right. You know what I mean. My fingers and stuff still work. <laughs> But how are you going to get your fingers to your they mouth? They make gadgets. They make slings. They make See, that's what I mean. Something. You can't. You change and stuff. You oh, can't well, do that. You what? Can't you do just that. said You so? talk about gadgets. You can't bring gadgets into okay, the game. Okay, well, they make nothing. slings. They make <laughs> stuff that <laughs> helps people in those situations. Oh, that's funny. Oh. Okay. All right. Mr. Jackson, you're not going to answer. Y'all are not going to answer the same questions. Oh, okay. All right. We're going to mix it up. <laughs> All right. Would you rather... Have diarrhea every day for the next three months or be constipated every day for the next three months? I'd rather have diarrhea every day for the next three months. Explain your reason. Because being constipated is probably one of the most uncomfortable things you can you can deal with. I mean, having mm-hmm. diarrhea as well, but I just think over the course of time, mm-hmm. 
you know, I have to, I have to get graphic because this is do it, one please. of those questions. Please but do. You can kind of like, you can deal with making sure that as you having diarrhea, you're not eating certain stuff that's going to burn when it come out. Yeah. Or yeah. it's going, you know, <laughs> the more water you drink, you yeah, know what I'm saying, yeah. you know, you can make it more fluid. And, yeah, yeah. But yeah. with constipation, it stays there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it ain't going yeah. nowhere. That's kind of what I was thinking when I when I typed this up. I'm like, at least the di- with diarrhea, the shit's coming it's out. Coming like, out. you know, at least you're you just know. getting flushed. Yeah, and you can but control constipated, it. Like, if it's stuck you there, skinny. If you had diarrhea every day for the next three months, sign me you up. You know how skinny you'd be. Sign me you up. You just have to because your <laughs> body would be literally getting rid of everything. everything. Mm-hmm. You right? I don't know if you would necessarily. Have I to would eat rather more. that than you have to what you eat the nutrients as long as you're if your body's holding on long enough to get what it needs to get mm-hmm. from the food you're eating then you're good if not you will be real but dehydrated. regardless but with this question regardless of what you do regardless of what you eat you get have diarrhea you be real or you're dehydrated be though <laughs> right that's why he said you gotta just drink a lot of water mm-hmm. really so yeah i'd rather that thing constipated for three months that you gonna look i don't know you're gonna look not like pregnant like that's Every, your tummy gonna be expanding from this no i'd rather not all right next <laughs> okay so okay we gonna keep it kind of in that same kind of in that same realm <laughs> i got a feeling this lady bad. a would you but. rather have bad breath um like a fart or <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have your oh, laugh sound man. like a fart my laugh sound like a fart okay explain your reasoning because you can you can make fun of that you can mask that that's like right. people that snort when they laugh you know what i mean <laughs> but but an odor uh-huh <laughs> no ma'am okay that's what my head was at that's a good answer um all right timothy would you rather live one life that lasts a thousand years or live 10 lives that last a hundred years each I would rather I would rather live one life that lasts a thousand years. Okay. Um, because I just think like I really appreciate like wisdom and insight and mm-hmm. experience, and I just believe that mm. from the first. I mean, I think that's what the big issue right now, and you know, the the whole generational thing is, is you have these big gaps. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, of like generations you know what i'm saying and no yeah. one can understand or people are expecting this generation to be the same so it's like living a thousand years and one life you're a person that pretty much kind of will know what changed why it changed how this needs to kind of like mm-hmm. be moderated to make things smooth for mm-hmm. this generation versus living and dying 10 times you know what yeah. i'm saying and but I'm starting over mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you like that one April looking at me. Like, no, oh. no. I, hey, to each his own. You know what I mean? Some people barely want to be here two years, let alone thousands. Yeah, listen, because I need to hurry up and go get next to God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> take me now, <laughs> Lord, take me now. Um, <laughs> for anybody that's seen uh, Kingdom Come, you know what that is. Yes. You know what it's <laughs> Oh, Jada. Jada Pinkett, you already know where that's coming from. I love her. Um, all right, so that that's it for Would You Rather. Thank you guys for 
answering the questions. That's the first time we actually did that too. So pretty interesting questions. Yeah, you, those you, were some interesting questions. Yeah, I don't know if I would have. Yeah, <laughs> ever put those two together? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's it. I, there's some crazy ones too, but I, yeah, those are pretty mild. The one that I, the ones that I, uh, picked out for you guys. So don't worry. Um, but so let's really get into talking about um, social justice. I mm-hmm. think that's necessary, and I think you guys are the other persons to have this conversation with. And for our listeners who may not necessarily know um, what social justice is, um, I will tell you the definition. I looked it up, make it pretty simple for you guys, because we all have <laughs> our own definitions, I think. I've talked to a few people who have gone every which way with what they think it really is. But um, so Google is telling me that social justice is justice in terms of the distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges within a society. What do you guys think? Pretty simple, right? Nipping that's in the simple, bud. but I don't know if that's exactly what <laughs> our answers would be. Yes, right. So I'm going to ask you a question. It's simple. Right. So with that being said, what does social justice look like for you? What would be your definition of that? Social justice looks like, to me, reparations for black people. Mm. Okay. Elaborate a little bit. So, a lot of the things that are, a lot of the social injustices that are acted out or that are displayed in media or in movies or kind of Mm -hmm. things like that all revolve around injustice done to an oppressed of people which often end up being black people mm-hmm. um, I mean you got your social injustice to your Latino and Latina families and your Asian families and mm-hmm. your Indian you know Native Americans um, indigenous people but black folks <laughs> we at the top of the pole when it comes to social injustice yeah. and the lowest of the pole when it comes to even being seen as human mm. So that's my, uh, I'm going to leave it there. I totally get that though. Mm -hmm. I don't think I know anybody who would disagree. So yeah, I'm with it. What about you? Yeah, I believe that this, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily know when the definition for social justice like became a reality Mm -hmm. in America, Mm -hmm. but I believe, you know, I line up with, with Lady A, like I believe that the true definition of, 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 uh, social injustice and what social justice you know should be Mm -hmm. um you know goes all the way back to when we were brought here Mm -hmm. and (laughs) how this how this country was developed and Mm -hmm. how it was everything was designed to keep us Mm -hmm. oppressed Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and then even this little strides that we did make they felt here we're being socially just to them in, in mm-hmm. every dynamic and category, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it was it was just pacifiers, you know, yeah. um, to keep, and not even to say that it satisfied, you know, our people in those days, but yeah. it definitely, you know, m- it definitely helped those individuals who were designing, you know, the overall sociological like uh, construct of this, you know, country mm-hmm. to keep us oppressed. It definitely gave them momentum to move, to move, you know, to move forward. Um, but yeah, I believe ultimately that that's 
you know, I don't, like I said, I don't know when the definition came about for mm-hmm. social justice, but I think the definition that you just read mm-hmm. um, isn't a true um, <laughs> definition, you know, to represent, you know, our, 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 you know, our people, the yeah. social justice we will be looking for, yeah. you know, or that we are looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. So another one is, um, so to read a little bit more, it says in this context, social justice is based on concepts of human rights and equality can be defined as the way in which human rights are manifested in the everyday lives of people, um, of every level of society. So a number, and then it just goes on a number of movements are working to achieve social justice and society, which I would say we, we are a part of, right. In terms of movements and especially when, you know, we talk a lot about restorative justice, right, uh-huh. and um, and applying that um, to schools um, and ap- applying that in corporate settings and um, and things like that. So I'm with it. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. This the definitions don't necessarily give a reality um, of what we see. What y'all think? Mm-mm. <laughs> but if it did it wouldn't you wouldn't have read that kind of definition right <laughs> well there was a purpose behind that because i mean how when do we ever see something that is a true reflection of ourselves don't you mean by that elaborate because i'm trying to understand what you're saying okay so most of what i see are not a true representation of the black experience are not a true representation of black history. Um, and that's TV movies. That's going and listening to people, um, on panels, you know, things like that. So that, that's what I mean by that. So when we, when we Google stuff and we go and we look for definitions of things, they don't really, or even in textbooks, and we look up black history in, in textbooks or look for, look to learn more about black history in textbooks. It's very dismissive. It's very vague. It doesn't tell truly about the black experience. That's what I mean. Because you don't have black people writing those books. True. Why would I emphasize that? Why would I do a tell-all book? If I'm, <laughs> if I'm torturing a specific community or race of color, mm-hmm. why would I write about that in a book? I'm going to tell them about Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them about Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them about Rosa Parks. I'm going to tell them about all the safe, you know, things that can't be brushed on the rug because they were made on national level. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to write about the Philando Castiles or the Sandra Blanche. You're not going to see those in no history books mm-hmm. because then that would show a race of people being targeted for being black. Mm -hmm. So no, you're not going to No, We don't see ourselves represented in, in things from other people. Right. But do we see ourselves represented based on how we interact and how we talk with each other? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We, we, you know, even, even when you do show the more modern, like, you know, realities of the Martin Luther Kings, the, you know, the, the Malcolm X's, the, all of these individuals like you can actually you can dig down deep and kind of see like all of the grime and stuff that you know they show it like black history month when they show people getting sprayed by water hoses mm-hmm. or they show but they're like what they don't like you know lady age right they're never gonna go back and really televise or promote or teach every other race right about like the lynchings mm-hmm. or about like everything that took place and everything that was recorded mm-hmm. when 
you know, Harriet did what she did, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or just all of like the, yeah. the worst of the worst that mm -hmm. led up to, you know what I'm saying? The more modern, like easy to glamorize realities of like the, the Malcolm right. Martins and like, you know, right. that generation. Right. Cause, and even when they do it, people, from what I've read and what I've seen, they're so dismissive of it, right? Like, okay, yeah, that happened. Nah, that was however many years ago. But no, I mean, we cannot be dismissive of those things. Like, that's insulting mm -hmm. for you to even, you know what I'm saying, just try to brush it off. I see that all the time. Um, it's not even, I don't even feel that, that they're dismissive. I feel that they, it's more or less they want to tell us how we should react. You want to right. tell me how mad I should be and how quick I should get over it. But instead of yeah. just letting me, let me let you feel it. Let mm -hmm. me let you experience what it's like when you violate me or when you physically assault me or you cuss mm -hmm. me out or you demean me because of the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. I don't get to be angry because my anger turns into I'm aggressive and oh no, call the police. Right. Versus their anger looks like they're passionate. They're true American citizens. Girl. You know what I'm saying? That's so a, that's a listen. That's a different episode. <laughs> for real. <laughs> because the way that I see white women uh, being celebrated for having the same exact emotions and for bringing up the same exact issues as black women have um, and we historically have been teared down for doing for doing those things like think about it Meryl Streep is so celebrated for speaking up um, in Hollywood um, and look how they treat Monique right now because she's speaking up. we get celebrated by white women when their agenda when they they benefit from the agenda on the intel but that's by white women and and that's and, feminism. And not a, and that's not a your great, feminism. Oh, I know. Yeah, and it's not, and it's honestly not even a great percentage of them because the majority of them will, are silent that I've experienced. But like I said, this is yeah. a whole new, this yep. is a whole new episode because I got, mm -hmm. I got some fire when we talk about these white girls. I'm just kidding. Shout out to all my white girls that's listening. Um, <laughs> but I also, I think that's a good segue to to actually talk about um, who typically takes up the space. Um, when it comes to social justice, right? Like, who do you see that's typically taking up those spaces? I depend. I mean, and it doing all the work. It all depends. I think it all depends on who. Once again, I think it comes down to the definition, or who's pushing for what social justice. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So what section? What section? Or just. I just think social justice kind of means something different for African American people. Period. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. you can, you can, you know, just to kind of get a little, you could put a gay African-American fighting for social justice right next to a white, you know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, gay individual fighting for social justice. And I just, I believe it's going to mean a whole lot more. It's just going to seem and, and, and be more different mm. because of what it is that's actually what it is. You know, I'm. I don't want. I'm not saying this to be controversial, but what it what it means to be a gay black man. I think yeah. in old girls. Um, what's her name? She just had a comedy special, and she Amanda was joking. Seals, yeah, Amanda I think Seals. she was joking. You know what I'm saying? But you know, and, and at the same time, she was being real about yeah. the reality of mm. being yeah. a gay black man, mm -hmm. having to deal with depression, having to deal with trying to climb up a whatever ladder he may or she may be trying to climb up in to just yeah. be economically or or socially 
where he or she wants to be in this country mm -hmm. and then have to battle with the reality of being, you know, gay. And mm -hmm. then like, so I just think it's, you know, it's really, you know, who you are and in, 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 in the corner you're fighting from yeah. as far as social justice is concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all should see how <laughs> she is looking at me. What you got, girl? I just think social justice based on Base it off of your definition, not the definition. I think I just social read. justice. I stated <laughs> it. I think social justice is based on what is the feel and what is the, what is the temperature of the of the society you live in at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Social justice can change from day to day based on what you're fighting for hmm. or what you're going through. Because right now, my social justice may be. Like he said, if you if you if I'm a gay black man, my social justice may be rights for the gay black man. Mm -hmm. If I'm a stay at home working black mother who can't get the same pay as Susan Q down the street, then my social justice is fighting for equal rights yeah. of getting paid. Yeah. If I'm a student, a black student, and and I'm not able to get the same level of education, even though I'm in the same school with my counterparts mm -hmm. and my social justice looks like getting me better educational tools so that I can have the same opportunity as my counterparts. So mm -hmm. when you ask me what is social justice, I'm going to say social justice is gauged based on what the temperature of society is at that time. Mm. Cause there's pe like people that. can fight from like as, as, as an individual that just got out the penitentiary and was trying to establish myself as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I had a mentor. This mentor was white. His name was Mark Bowles, mm -hmm. and he did awesome, and he does awesome at mentoring me. Mm -hmm. But his advocacy for me, so like in, from a social justice perspective, like he mm -hmm. deserves even more of an opportunity than than many of the venture capitalists or white individuals of his, his counterparts that he actually sits mm -hmm. on the side of versus an African American mentor. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who's fighting for social justice for me? Mm -hmm. It's just going to be a different type of perspective based off of what he knows. Right. I'm pushing right. for and fighting through, especially coming home from the pen and not banging no more and, mm -hmm. you know, dealing with all of that versus this individual. You was a mm -hmm. gangbanger? I was. I know I don't necessarily <laughs> look like it and dress like it, but. No, no. I don't say I was too. Okay. Hey. I hope I don't look like it and dress nah. like it no oh more. God. I'm the only marshmallow in the room. Nah, girl. I went hard for the block. Nope. Yeah. See, mm -mm. Mm -mm. Hard for the block at a young mm -mm. age too. <laughs> That was yeah, my survival tactic. <laughs> yeah. I'm a miracle. But hey, that's another that's another that's another reason why I have this show, <coughs> right? To show just how diverse we are within a black millennial community. Mm -hmm. Um and I mean base that's it. Like Do you really I would have never guessed we're all black millennials? Um Yes. The numbers say it, but I feel the numbers like say in it. demeanor. I know. It depends. Well, okay, so someone last night was like, okay, but are well, you like an OG? Again? I'm sorry, what you ask? I was saying, does she really feel like we're all millennials in here? Yeah. Like, oh, all of us. Yeah. Us three. I don't know everybody's age bracket. A millennial. How old, how old yeah, I was you born in 81, so it started with the year before me, the millennial. What right. you got? Yeah, yeah, I was 82. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, damn. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying my age. <laughs> you wouldn't. I was born in 90. Okay. Well, you missed Welcome a good. To the right. You missed, you missed a, a whole. Good, you missed a whole. You missed a whole. 10 year block. It's all good. It's all good. 
dope as I don't know. That's okay. But somebody asked me last night, he was like, are you like an OG millennial or are you a millennial millennial? Whatever the other verbiage he, he used. And I was like, I feel like I'm OG. No, like, ma'am. No, ma'am. How am I not an OG? 90. Y'all know about to, what first would, of all, what y'all ain't about to call me out of my own OG, show. Though. Like, what do you, they asked the question, Probably, but you should have asked what constitutes an OG millennial right. for you even agreed to that. Right. No, I think, <laughs> I think we asked. I think it was ba- just based off of the years. Yeah. I think no. it was yeah, just but based you can off be, years. There's You're a lot not. of individuals, especially from the life we come from, where you yeah. can be the certain age of someone, but that don't necessarily make you an OG. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Well, that was the first time I heard. Y'all get on my. Head. That was the first time I heard that term in general. But what I'm. But here. But that's. This is what I'm saying right here. Y'all ain't about to back. You're the opportunity. You was an opportunity. You an opportunity giver. OG. That's the type of OG. <laughs> I need you to explain that. Yeah, I'm not even giving her that. No, I play. Y'all so silly. No, this opportunity so that I have silly. right now to yeah. be even be on this. But this is a pri- this is a prime example though of like exactly how diverse we are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I don't know. I point blank. I mean, there's like a ten year age gap, basically a little bit less than, and we over here chilling. Like, how can I help you? What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> but it's the platform you say you and it's the mean? platform like with every platform would i hang out with somebody of your age probably not mm-hmm. because i wouldn't feel like we would have the same common things to discuss yeah. and it's the same as you know how when you was younger i don't know my mommy started to say you know get out of grown folks business or yeah. you stay stay in a child's place <laughs> stay in your lane not saying that you ain't grown <laughs> I know, now I know, I know. <laughs> but i mean and even me talking about what it what was experienced in the 80s and dealing mm-hmm. with some things you wouldn't get because yeah. your era came by the time your era came some things had already died down or mm-hmm. were transitioning into a whole new wave of something yeah. else so it's experience on top of experience versus my cousins who were born in the 70s 78 right. 79 they like oh right we was men i'm like oh yeah but let me <laughs> tell you this though my family is very open um and we discuss basically any and everything so there's some things that they you know what i'm saying that they may have gone through may have done or whatever and i was i was put on to that you know what i'm saying like discussing and experiencing are two different things i, Very much I so. which i understand but that doesn't mean that i can't understand where you coming from you see what i'm saying that i mean i can't still gauge in a conversation with you like Anyway, that don't mean that. Like, I'm still, I call myself an old school baby because I'm still accustomed to, like, listen, like, listening to Anita Baker all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, Luther Vandross, like, old school people. I'm still open and listening to that because that's how my parents raised me. And in high school, college, especially, like, I wasn't hanging around kids yeah. typically my age. Like, I was m- most of the time hanging out with folks who were, like, a little bit older than me as well. Maybe not, you know, this big of an age gap, but I've, yeah, I've, and I've I always think, been a little bit more mature than most people so my you, age. When you talk about that social injustice thing, though, uh-huh. imagine if you asked my my grandmother, God rest her soul, if she was here and was able to be on this show mm-hmm. about social injustice, mm-hmm. totally different, completely different, completely perspective. different oh, yeah. perspective. Yeah, because it that, and I think the common mistake that we make sometimes is a people in general mm-hmm. is we try to compare the pain rather than just exposing the experience Mm. my experience is my experience let me own that let me stand in my truth let me have that right my mom's experience being born in the 60s is her experience it's her truth 
let her stand in that. But we come together and it's like, well, I was born in this and you was born in that. You couldn't possibly know rather than mm-hmm. saying, I can't say what you didn't feel in the right. 90s. Because I knew what the <laughs> 90s was. It, it started to get real bracket in the 90s. Like it was, you know, that gang, them gang wars was starting to get hot. Mm-hmm. Because I know yeah. what year I, I joined a gang and it mm-hmm. was serious. And mm-hmm. I know why we moved from South Central Los Angeles to San Diego because of the rise of gang wars between 89 and 94. Yeah. But do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. So the social... Now, did you, now to ask you, let me ask you this then. Did you feel like it was necessary and it was like a survival tactic basically? Who? When you joined, when you joined a gang or what was your reasoning for that? Why did I Back join in. a gang? Yeah. Did you, you feel it like you didn't have a choice? Reason. No, it I was, had a choice. Okay. I absolutely had a choice. I've always been an individual. You can't make me do nothing. I don't care what the circumstances was. Okay. But I was driven to join a gang because of the lack of of stability I, I had at home. I, my mother was a single mother. She worked a lot. I created my own sense of family and the people that I identified with that lived in my neighborhood. And also some were real family, blood related family. So we already family and now we got extended family. Mm -hmm. We just all happen to be on the same block, bang the same color, say the thing, you know, say the same things, throw up the same signs. Mm -hmm. Cool. We good. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So my reason, I don't have no extravagant. I joined because, oh my God, she's so blah. I joined yeah. because, nigga, I stayed on the block. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's your experience. Yeah. And that's, that's your experience. Right. And that's what I want folks to hear. Like, that's your experience right there. Yeah. And, it wasn't that traumatic. Yeah. yeah. It was traumatic in the way I got put on. But, I mm-hmm. mean, that's life, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. But this is the question I was asking, y'all. This is the question I was asking. Who do you see that typically takes up the space when they talk about social justice? Like, larger platforms and things like that. White people. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I just needed you to hit a buzzer after you said that. (laughs) I should have had a buzzer ready. White people, boop. Or boop, white people. Um, Yeah, that's... That's and I think they're the, less, the least qualified. <laughs> and and you're exactly right. And that's kind of where I want to take that question. Um, because especially here in San Diego, there's there's certain um, rooms that I'll go into and, and certain um, events that they will host. And it's, it's white folks telling us, telling black people, or other white people, whomever else is in the room, is white folks telling our story. White folks telling our stories. Um, and that just don't sit right with me, personally. It's white folks telling us how we, what we need to do to move forward. Um, That's a control as a computer. And I That's understand That's how they that. control the narrative of there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Look yeah. at, I, I say, like, gay society right now, Look at what the controlling factor is on why a lot of people are voting or a lot of people are swayed in their opinion on what mm-hmm. we need to do about border control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a fear a fear was mm-hmm. instilled based on, I got to basically, they're going to rape your children, murder mm-hmm. your kids, steal your dogs, mm-hmm. and 
Girl, you like, oh my God, build the wall. Right. Oh my God, build that wall. <laughs> when people on the block that live close, we like, come on now. Right. Yeah. You gonna get you a good burrito. <laughs> and you might you might even get somebody to fix your car real good. You might even right. get some labor. Like, come come help me do my yard. Right. That's about, ain't nobody, the, the ones that are the, to the extreme like that, mm-hmm. they're not in plain eyesight. They mm-hmm. under tunnels and they... <laughs> Disguised as your everyday average family, right? You see what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. look at Al Chapo. He was, he was, girl, <laughs> family man. Was His whole neighborhood was celebrating him. Murals and statues mm-hmm. about to be and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. But and that's what I want to point out. Like, especially so. Not only do do I see primarily white people um, telling the stories of of black injustice and telling us where we can go and all this other BS. Um, but I also see older folks trying to tell like much older folks trying to speak older up and folks? represent older white folks and older black folks, to be oh. honest, mm-hmm. um, speaking on social justice issues, um, criminal justice issues, you name it. Um, and it really should be us. It should be the younger folks that's speaking up and that's and that's standing up and speaking out. I really do because I, I know some articulate ass. I mean, we could we could speak in the forefront, but I disagree. Yeah. The older people were around when a lot of those policies were written or produced. Of what we we're just feeling the wrath of what occurred times before us. Yeah, think about them presidents that put these. All these different policies that come, think of all these pinnacles that come every year are not because mm-hmm. it's something that's justified or needed. It's still mm-hmm. a control tactic. But do you think they're the only ones that, that should be speaking up, though? Or do you think that we can be collaborative and, and stand up and speak up together? I think, because yeah. I'm, to be honest, I feel like that's what I'm missing. When I'm in those spaces, I'm typically the youngest person. I'm t- I'll be 29. And I'm typically the youngest person, like in the room. But where are you when these conversations that are taking place? When I go, okay, good question. Yeah, like where, so, if I go to certain panels or certain events when they're discussing like historical you know, where issues or whatever, are these panels or held? like, they're, like they're, they can be held over. So right now we're in San Diego. We off like Euclid or whatever. So mm-hmm. they'll be held at Michael Max Library. They'll be at City Council. They'll be held at the City House, City Heights, without Fairmont and uh, and University, whatever that library is, right there. Like mm-hmm. spaces like that, right? Like if we go to CRB meetings, uh, Community Review Board on police um, practices or mm-hmm. police conduct, whatever. Go to those spaces. I'm typically the youngest person. If nobody brings their kid. And I'm 29. Like that for me, that that does not sit right. Because to be honest, I learned this as a people. We don't really kind of move and execute on something unless it directly affects us. If I've never had nobody murdered in my family, if I've never dealt with gangs and that, I'm not really Mm -hmm. moved to go speak on those things. Now, if you ask me if people been breaking in my house and robbing and they about to make a new law on that, (laughs) heck yeah, I'm showing up to that meeting. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? That's how we typically operate true but does that does that mean that that's cool and that's right no okay that's that's all i'm saying i know i know why we're not showing up right that's just how Mm -hmm. it's been that's how people have moved over the years yeah what's gonna shift that i don't know Mm. yeah and i think it's just context you know what i'm saying like you know you can be in a specific place 
looking to hear specific things and expecting mm -hmm. to see specific people show up. Mm -hmm. But everyone that you're talking about you're not seeing there is, is, is from the generation that we represent today, which is pretty much millennials in a sense. Mm -hmm. And there's a, just a certain, there's a certain type of something that needs to happen to stimulate us, to get us to show up anywhere mm -hmm. and push for anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but what's the sister's name that was at the, um, at the event? I mean, at the, um, the training, uh, uh, last she name spoke? Thompson. Yeah. Tasha. Tasha. Tasha Williams. Tasha Williams. Yeah. Tasha Williams. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I was like, who was it? Tasha? Thompson. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't sure if I would. But just, you know, <laughs> the reality of what she had expressed took place and how yeah. many individuals showed up. And then even though it was a spontaneous thing, mm -hmm. but that's what provokes a lot of individuals from the communities around here mm -hmm. that have a lot of, you know, individuals that you're looking to see there. Mm -hmm. um, that's what sparks us to show up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? On the, you know, at the same time, mm -hmm. it takes for individuals like you to before you show up mm -hmm. or me before I show up or Lady A before she shows up to pretty much advocate, not saying that you didn't, not to saying that I don't or she doesn't, yeah. but to advocate for attendance, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, because of what's not necessarily expected to be seen there as far as um, the voices or the leaders of our community, you know what I'm saying, in, in our age gap. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey. That's good. <laughs> Y'all should really see <laughs> how she's looking at me right now, like, no, mm hmm. No. Just like, yeah, mm -hmm. interesting. but that's what I wanted. Like I wanted, I wanted these discussions. I wanted to get you guys' perspective and you guys' experience as well, because um, we all don't look at social justice the same. We all don't look at um, shit, human rights the same. None of that shit. Like we don't look at all those things um, the same way. I've never had the same conversation with different people. Does that make sense? Like we all, we've never had the same idea of what those things looks like. Look like so. Um, I totally agree with with the both of yous, um, and I definitely uh, respect your perspective and your your experiences as well. Um, do you? So you all typically work with like younger kids, right? What's the youngest kid you? I work with all you do. I, because you I'm do. a I'm a person that my services are not general. Your typical general services, so I have to be the one. I my services deal with root causes, mm -hmm. and often those stem from heads of household. But the youngest mm -hmm. client, my youngest client that I've ever had was three. Wow! And my oldest was close to seventy thus far. Mm. So wow! Now with that to kind of touch, we talked about you know differences and years and things like that. So um, how do you try to you don't have to go deep into your work right <laughs> expose yourself but um what are some of the tactics that you try to use to kind of bridge the gaps between um age and generation you may have with some clients my job isn't to bridge the gaps my job is to deal with individual trauma where they are in that point of their life a three-year-old traumatized by watching his mom get beat up mm-hmm what gap do I need to bridge with an older woman? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. My my job is to deal with that immediate trauma in that three-year-old to normalize, like, like we learn in class, but mm -hmm. to bring him back to a sense of 
what is actually appropriate behavior and normal mm-hmm. for where at the capacity that his little three year old brain can understand mm-hmm. versus explaining to mom what can't and can't happen. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't I don't really do the whole bridging the gap. I mean, unless I'm in mediation. Now if I'm in mediation, bridging the gap looks like letting each side expose their truth mm-hmm. and then helping them get gain an understanding of where each other may come from from an unbiased approach. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you typically don't feel like, um, age gets in the way for yourself. No. Cool. No. I know that's right. Mm -hmm. That's cause you, you where you need to be. I know that's right. (laughs) She like, no, I'm too good at this. (laughs) I'm too good at this. (laughs) Wow. What about you, Mrs. Jackson? What do you think? Is that ever a a factor? You think that's ever a factor with your mentorship? No. As far as age? No. Mm -hmm good um no i mean obviously because of you know my um life experience and mm-hmm. what i've been blessed to survive mm-hmm. and where i'm at now you know i'm pretty impactful in the lives of those who are going through the same things i went through mm-hmm. but then you know with the mothers and fathers that are my age mm-hmm. that have kids that are 14 15 and 16 now mm-hmm. that are picking up pistols, snoring mm-hmm. lines of methamphetamines, and doing stuff that was being done when they was young mm-hmm. just to kind of help them. I mean, some of these individuals are still in that life, you know, yeah. at my age. And so they don't necessarily believe it's too much wrong with what's going on. He'll get it mm-hmm. just like we got it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just to kind of help them, not necessarily like she said, like to be a bridge within that gap, but just to kind of help aid them to understand and look. Um, but they don't necessarily have to go through, you know, what we went through mm-hmm. as far as the, the, the trenches of it, mm-hmm. you know, and we can, I mean, we don't have to, we don't have to, um, we don't have to promote that thought. Mm-hmm. Like they just going to get it. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, whether it's a, um, whether it's a, a, a an individual under five, an individual walking into their teens mm-hmm. or an adult, um, I'm, I'm pretty much available to help. Cool. Yeah. Y'all doing the work. That's beautiful. Um, all right. So before before we end, I always like to um, get a few words from from our guest. Um, if you have a few words for any black millennials out there who are thinking about um, getting involved in this space, um, what words do you have? I have you start, Timothy. So I was I just recently heard <clears throat> a and this was coming from white person after white person after white person um but just expressing the qualities that millennials have there's a lot of negative stuff said about millennials like you know lazy or coddled all the time or um all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. um but then i just started coming across these specific talks about the strengths that we carry Mm. and actually like where we are as a generation in between all of the generations that are living today Mm -hmm. and how we're more so as millennials, we're collaborative, you know what I'm saying, we're um, very much leaders, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, like all of these qualities and strengths. And so, of course, me being who I am, I just started thinking about the reality of being a black millennial mm-hmm. and how anything that is a plus to a generation of people, you can go ahead and times that times 10 for us. <laughs> I know, that's right. You know, yeah. so just wanted to encourage every African-American 
um, or or mixed um, general uh, 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 individual in that millennial, you know, in, in our millennial generation, um, that just don't succumb to um, just the basic representation that they believe you put out uh, towards your generation. Like, you know, you're stronger, um, you're more collaborative, you know, you're more effective. Um, we just, you just have to like, just believe that and walk in it. You know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. you know, look in the mirror, uh, identify with your melanin and just, you know, step out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm with it. I felt that. I'm going to have to put that one sound bite on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> you're more collaborative. You're stronger. I like that. What about you? Lady A. What was the question? What would I leave with them? Um, yeah, just a few words for uh, black millennials who uh, are thinking about um, getting involved in this space of s- um, social justice. For the black millennials anything. thinking about getting involved in this space, do your research. Mm. Don't reinvent the wheel. Because the wheel you're trying to re- you know, reinvent might already be attached to a car and they just don't have a driver. Mm. So when you do your research, you understand how you can operate and maneuver in the lane you're supposed to be in. And I believe when you do your research, you also find out your strengths and your weaknesses mm. when you do proper research. Um, another thing to the millennials who are thinking about getting in this social justice field or in that there's one thing to be passionate. Mm. There's one thing to be exaggerating. There's another thing to be emotional. Mm -hmm. There's another thing to be aggressive. And there's another thing to be passive. Mm. But sometimes in the height or an elevation of a moment, those things that I just mentioned can all look alike. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the person who it's coming from and how they say what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So this ain't no easy game. This ain't for the Rudy Poos. (laughs) This ain't for the, the faint at heart. This is for people who have girth in them that that can withstand longevity and that are patient Mm -hmm. and that understands that greatness comes with patience. Mm -hmm. And they must, you know what I mean, stick with the process. If it's taught to you right, you'll stick with it and you know that in the end game, nothing can affect your bottom line. Mm -hmm. So I would tell them, Figure out your bottom line and work towards that goal. Stick with it. Do your research and keep your emotions in check. Mm -hmm. Not do not not feel your emotions, but keep your emotions in check. And that's what I would tell millennials. Mm -hmm. Applause. Applause. That's good. That's (laughs) that's right on point. The both of you actually are are right on point. So I I encourage uh, anybody who's listening and getting involved as well. Definitely taking consideration. Um, what they just said because it's it's very true (laughs) very very true Um, and be self aware um, as we should do with everything but definitely be self aware because sometimes we can be more damaging uh, and do more damage than we're doing good (laughs) so uh, thank you guys for for joining me today thank you I really appreciate y'all. I love the energy. I love y'all's vibes. Um, Thank you to the listeners who tuned in on the seventh episode. Be sure to share with your friends, your families, with strangers. It's all good. Available to listen and we're open to it all. 
Um, definitely subscribe on any platform that's available. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Living Millennial PC, and Facebook, Living Millennial Podcast. Be blessed. All right, friends, that's our show. Tune in next time. Living Millennial. Hey, more to come. More, more, more to come. We are living millennials. Oh, ba, 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 ba. Be sure to subscribe to our show. Follow us on IG and tell us what you think.